All right, welcome back to the Adam's Word podcast. Today we're uh, here with Devin Galloway. Um, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Awesome. So we'll just have you start off by telling us where you grew up and some highlights from your childhood, siblings and all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, so I am the oldest of six. Uh, born in Logan, Utah. My parents were going to Utah State. Okay. Um, Lived there for the first 10, 11 years, um, but don't really think of it as home. Uh, growing up, all of my extended family on my father's side lived in Star Valley. Uh, he's also got five siblings and every one of them was in Star Valley. My grandparents were there. We were kind of the only ones that were away. Um, so always was over there all summer, every year and Christmas and holidays and kind of think of that more as home than yeah. I do Logan. I was gonna say the proximity is Pretty close within About an hour. Two, or two hours, maybe two and a half. Okay, so you're probably up there a lot easy to get away for a long weekend or holiday right. or anything. Yeah, um, and especially when I was younger, uh, my parents both worked, and so I spent a lot of time. My grandmother watched me and okay. spent a lot of time there. Uh, so, uh, like I said, oldest of six siblings. Uh, five of us were born there in in Logan. When I was about eleven. Um, Kind of a confluence of events caused us to move. Um, my father ran his own business, and about that time, um, just decided he was ready to do something else. Um, we had a, a house fire. Oh no! Uh, lost a lot of stuff, and so a few things just all kind of happened within a three or four month period. Um, just led us to move, so we moved to Dayton, Nevada, which is. Very small town. It was about 1,500, maybe 2,000 people when we moved there. Uh, it's about an hour outside of Reno. And okay. uh, my youngest brother was born about two months after we moved there. Wow. So grew up there and uh, lived there until I left on my mission. Okay. So I was there for all of my teenage years, went to, to school there. And Star Valley's still home even with all your formative years in Nevada, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... I mean, Nevada's more home than, than Logan ever was, but yeah. it's still Star Valley. It's, when I think of home, that's that's yeah. that's the place. Where all the family is. So... Good deal. So how was uh, your educational upbringing? You went through high school there in Nevada. Um, did you have a lot of hobbies with your siblings or did you do like school stuff or how did that go? Um, so my, I was homeschooled. My siblings and I were homeschooled most of uh, our education. Okay. Um, I think I was the only one actually that even attended any public school yeah. first few grades. Okay. Um, and then when my next brother was gonna start, um, that my parents decided we were all gonna homeschool. Um, but yeah, did that up through high school there in Nevada. Um, had a lot of friends. It was a kind of a small ward. Um, our ward covered four or five different small towns, very large geographic area. Uh -huh. um, we'd go to seminary. We had seminary in person. There were 12 students and we went to four different high schools. Wow. <laughs> so not, uh, not a lot of members in the area, not a lot of people in general, but 
everybody's right. spread out. So um, was it like early morning seminary? Or? Yes, it okay. was. So yeah. you still had to wake up, even though you did homeschool, you still had to wake up early for seminary? Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, throughout high school, I was very active uh, with sports, did a lot of cross-country running, uh, wrestled. Um, yeah, did that all through high school. Enjoy very much camping and backpacking. Uh, the more more rural, the better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, just was a it was a nice place to, to grow up. It was nice being in that small town. Um, we had a highway. Highway 50 ran right through the middle of town, and it was small enough you could walk straight across the highway without even checking for traffic. There was never anybody coming. Yeah, <laughs> good um, deal. But real, real nice to just have that freedom, be outside, and uh -huh. have the ability to roam around and explore a little bit. So there's a lot of camping in that area. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, area yeah, it's it's about an hour from Tahoe. Um, okay. So there's some beautiful lakes. Um, you're just over the mountains to California. There's a uh, lot of, I don't know what the exact ge geological or geographical term is, but like high desert mountains, uh -huh. kind of uh, the Sierras are right there. Very, okay. very nice place. Nice, cool. Um, how about, uh, so then you said you left on your mission. Any Tell us about your experience. Did you always know you were going to go on a mission, or? Yeah, yeah, I always planned on it. Um, I did. I took Spanish for for six years, um, high school, and then a couple years of college, um, and had had planned a trip right after that semester of college ended. I went down to Peru with some friends um, and spent a few weeks there and. Uh, my mission call came while we were down there. Oh, really? Um, so it came probably, I think, the week after I left. I put in my papers in April, and we left early June. And I think it came. It had a pretty quick turnaround. Um, so five weeks I was down there just knowing it was sitting at home. And, no way. <laughs> um, so came back from came back from Peru and opened it and um, served my mission in the Iloilo Philippines mission. Uh, which had just been created. I was one of the first groups of missionaries. I was the second group to, to go to the actual Philippine Iloilo mission. Interesting. There's a there's a lot of other missions in the Philippines though, right? Was this just at, a new yes, area that yeah. they opened? At, or the, just a... at the time I served, there were 20 missions. Oh. It's up to 28 or 30 or something now. Wow. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. Wow. Okay, so... It, not Spanish. No, nope, not Spanish. How, how similar is, is it Tagalog that you um, learned, or what's a different language? <laughs> they taught us Tagalog in the MTC, and I never used it my Serious? entire mission. Serious? No way. Um, our mission covered about six different islands. There were two main ones and then a couple smaller ones. Uh -huh. um, but the, the larger island is 60 miles north to south and about 40 east to west. It's not huge. Yeah. Um, and they spoke six languages there. So I served in six areas and I learned a different language every time I transferred to a new area. Whoa. Um, so it was different, I guess, than... Did you ever feel like you, you grasped 
the language is in gen- like were they just different dialects or, or how they different are, were they? They're related but distinct, similar to the difference between like Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, French. Like they're all related, but they've got their own things going on. Um, yeah. Same with the languages there. You, they have some words that are the same, but some of it's different. Some of the grammar can be different. And there's similarities with Spanish too, right? There's so did a lot your of... Spanish help you when you got there, or you thought it might, but it didn't, or...? <laughs> uh, a lot of vocabulary. Okay. Um, the Philippines was a Spanish colony for 300 years. They picked up a lot of Spanish loan words, um, so uh-huh. a, lot of, a lot of the vocabulary, um, depending on the language, was, was borrowed from Spanish. Okay. Cool. And you'll hear some of the older people, um, you know, if they're 70, 80, um, kind of grew up with it where that was the language taught in school. Um, and so a lot of the older people still speak it very well. Uh-huh. Any specific things you want to talk about in relation to your mission or? I mean, obviously we'll get to how you met your wife, but if you want to jump on that now or later. So, (laughs) Elder Holland gave a talk. Um, It's been a few years now, maybe 2007, 2008. I don't remember. It was before I left. Um, And in his talk, he said that no person, no boy had ever been changed as much by their mission as he had. Um, And I contest that um, from my experience. There was... So there were so many things I learned during that time and so many things I experienced um, that really changed, I feel, um, just who I am as a person. And everything, I want to say everything good in my life, but it's more than that. It's the entire direction of my life. I can trace back to that experience serving a mission. Um, everything from, you know, my wife and how I met her, um, the job I have, the fact that we moved here to Spokane, I can trace all of that back to my time as a missionary there. I had a fantastic mission president, um, one of the most remarkable people I've ever met. I had the opportunity, I was in the MTC for nine weeks, um, had the opportunity in the MTC and on my mission to have personal conversations with like Elder Bednar and Elder Elder Nelson before he was president. you know, just like we're sitting here, like it wasn't, you know, a lecture or anything, had a one-on-one conversations with them. And I have never met somebody who was so I don't even know the words to describe it. So sincere, so righteous, so confident um, in his belief and in his faith in Christ as my mission president. 
Um, he went on to to serve as mission president a second time for another mission and really? um, general or area 70 for a while and he's been released now but I, I have never met somebody that had just the same demeanor and the same aspect that he carried the way that he would glow and just you felt his his love for the Savior in a way that I I never have with anybody else. Cool. Love that. Um, so you went to some college before your mission. I did. I, where did you go? Um, so I just went to the local community college okay. there in, in Carson City, about Stayed 40 minutes from there. where I'd been living, yeah. Gotcha. Um, started out with this idea I was going to study astronomy. Um, Interesting. My father was in the Air Force for a while and um, started training to be an astronaut. Um, didn't work out for him for various reasons, but it's something he, his love of that kind of got passed on. Um, and so I started out studying that and decided the math wasn't for me. <laughs> um, and so I uh, needed a four credit class, um, which means either math or language. Um, and saw that there was a sign language class and it looked easy enough, so I signed up for that hmm. um, as, uh, as a replacement for the math class I dropped. And just instantly clicked with it and switched majors and studied sign language. This was prior to the mission, correct? This was before I left on my mission, yes. Okay. Um, so while I was, while I was serving um, on my mission, I was in the the New Washington Ward in Auckland, um, and the bishop of the ward was Joel Eri. Um, we were always over at his house for meetings, you know, update on how our work's going and investigators and things he needed help with. Um, and he still lived, it's very common in the Philippines, everybody lives together. Um, you're grown up, you've got children, you still live with your parents, you live with your siblings still, even though, you know, you're married, they're married, you've all got kids, everybody lives in the same house still. Okay. Um, so we were always over visiting with Bishop. Um, and his sister um, had a son from a previous relationship who was deaf um, and needed some help translating some medical records into English. Um, and so asked my companion and I to help her with that. And because I had that sign language um, experience, uh, I had done two years of it at that point, um, was able to give her a little, you know, little more help than even she was expecting. Mm -hmm. um, and that, at least from my point of view, I don't know what she'll have to say, but that at least from my point of view is kind of the end of it. We did stuff like this for members a lot, translate stuff to English and help with this and that. And so I didn't think much of it. Um, and after I came home from my mission, uh, it was like about a year, not quite a year, maybe 10 months later after I'd left that area. Um, just trying to connect. They have Facebook and all this social media stuff now. So I was trying to connect with members that I'd known and worked with and, um, you know, among the 50 or 60 people that I connected with on Facebook, she was with one of them. Um, 
and just started sending messages, you know, hey, I just got home. How are things going in, in Auckland? How's, how's your brother? How's Bishop? And how's the ward and stuff like that? And um, just kind of uh, over time developed a different kind of relationship. Um, and so about about a year after I came home from my mission, I went back over and we got married in Cebu, uh, there in the Philippines. Um, I was there for four weeks, mm-hmm. had to do some paperwork and we got married and then I came home and she wasn't able to come yet, she had to stay, so the first about 20 months, not quite two years, first 20 months that we were married. Um, I was back here in Nevada. She was still there in the Philippines. It was not the most pleasant. Yeah, I'm sure um, it would be tough. It was, yeah, it was, it was very tough. Um, 2000, 2014, they had a huge hurricane that hit the Philippines. Um, Typhoon, I guess. It's the Pacific Ocean, but um, it was at the time, and it may still be the the strongest or the highest wind speed of any hurricane that's made landfall, um, and it just absolutely destroyed a lot of the the places it hit. Um, tens of thousands of people were killed, and it was it was a terrible, terrible thing. Um, and as a as a consequence or as a result of that the United States government announced that they were going to fast track any visas for Filipinos that wanted to come to the United States. So that 20 months that we were apart um, was actually much shorter than we had expected it to be. That process usually takes closer to two and a half or three years. Um, So yeah about 20 months uh, her and her son Amir um, were able to, to move to the States and join us here. And we lived there in Nevada for till I till last year, till twenty twenty one. So yeah, six, seven years or so? Yep. Okay. Um, our our next two children, Ezekiel and Seidel, were born there. And I, while I was there, started working for Amazon, which is where I work still. Um, I had, like I said, studied sign language. I had certifications in interpreting and um, had intended to do that as a career. Uh Um, I actually took the job at Amazon because I needed to pay for my last semester to graduate. (laughs) Um, So finished finished college, finished that, that last semester, graduated. Um, but just love my job at Amazon so much that I decided to just stay there. Um, so been with them about nine years now and moved up here to Spokane last year to open the new facility here in the Valley. Nice. So have you done different things within Amazon or is it all kind of the same area that you've I've in? done many different things. <laughs> um, Amazon is a big it is. company, a lot of variety. Um, I have a 
coworker I used to work with who moved from warehouses over to Amazon Studios to make movies. Wow. Um, I didn't do anything that drastic, um, but I worked when Amazon Transportation first started. You see the big blue prime trucks on the highway. Um, when that first started, I helped launch that team. Okay. Um, I spent three years there in transportation, um, helping set up and organize uh, trucking routes. Um, and then did okay at it, but it's kind of a different, different pace job than I prefer. It was a lot of desk work and phone calls and okay. not what I enjoy. Um, so did that for a few years, but then transferred back. Um, I run the shipping department now, making sure boxes are packed and shipped out on time. Okay, good deal. So uh, you expect to stay there for until something changes, or you expect to stay stay there? Um, not planning on leaving anytime soon. Yeah, I'll I probably won't be forever, but at least for the foreseeable future. Gotcha. My grandfather always said, uh, "No point jumping off a horse that's running well." Exactly. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So it's work I enjoy. It pays well, and there you go. I'm happy to stay for now. Cool. I like it. Um, trying to think where to go from here. If we want to talk more about your um, how about we just jump into some spiritual things. When did you, um, you said you kind of always expected to go on a mission. Do you, is there a point in your younger years when you really noticed, oh, I've got a testimony now, or when, when did that develop? Was it slow or was it something that you recall? I always, like I said, I had put in my papers um, before I went down to Peru. I always kind of planned on this, but while I was in Peru, um, we took a trip down the Amazon River. It was a three-day trip. Uh, there was nothing to do on the boat. Um, we, we signed on with a, like a banana ferry. Um, mm. So there was no TV, nothing, you know, nothing to do out in the middle of the jungle. Um, and so for three days, uh, the only book I had with me was the Book of Mormon. Um, just sat and read it for three days. And I don't know if it was because I knew my mission was coming and I was in a different mindset or maybe just because there was no distractions um, and that was the only thing I could you know, entertain myself with. I don't know exactly what it was, but during those days just sitting there, um, just reading, kind of was a different experience or a different feeling than I'd had before even though I put my papers in and it was something I wanted it wasn't done out of you know duty or because my parents wanted me to I had wanted to go on a mission but during that time just no distractions just me and the Book of Mormon for a few days really up until that point I think strengthened my testimony more than anything I had done or experienced in my life Nice. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and how, throughout your adult life so far, and with kids and all that, how 
how do you continue to nurture that testimony and help your kids understand the gospel, things like that? What, what have you found effective in your life to nurture your testimony? I have a deep love for the scriptures, um, and in particular, the Old Testament, the Book of Mormon, and the Pearl of Great Price, kind of the the old, old okay. prophets, yeah. I guess. Um, never really cared much for, you know, the epistles of Paul or <laughs> things like that, but the Old Testament, Book of Mormon, I truly, truly love. Um, and when I was in the MTC, I had the chance to talk a little bit with President Nelson or Elder Nelson at the time. And one of the things he mentioned uh, is that he was studying Greek because he wanted to read the New Testament in the original Greek. Um, and so I thought about that during my mission. And uh, when I came home, I decided that, you know, if it was, if an apostle of the Lord was going to do it, I was going to, it must be worthwhile. Um, but because I prefer the you know, the, the Old Testament over the New, I decided instead of Greek, I was going to learn Hebrew. Um, so I had the opportunity for a couple of years there while, um, when we were recently married, um, I attended synagogue and studied Hebrew with the rabbi there. Um, and along with my mission, I think studying the Old Testament with the rabbi has strengthened my testimony, especially of Christ more than any other experience in my life to go through and see the prophecies and understand if we accept that christ is jehovah in the old testament then these are the laws that christ himself gave to moses these are the things that christ himself told to moses and to kind of get the perspective from within that culture um, and see what they expect and what they prophesied the Messiah would do. Um, and then to see how perfectly Jesus Christ fulfilled every one of those. It's something we talk about often in the church, how Christ fulfilled the law and fulfilled these prophecies, but it was eye-opening and strengthened my testimony so much to see that from, at least a little bit from within that culture that he came to fulfill. Um, and now that we have kids, um, my, that experience just affected me so profoundly. My children are both named with Hebrew names. Um, Ezekiel, my favorite prophet, Ezekiel, um, and my daughter, Seidel. And it's been kind of the focus of our parenting and raising them in the gospel to has been focused on Christ. Um, I feel, and maybe this is my opinion and not entirely accurate, but I feel sometimes we focus too much on, you know, Joseph Smith and the restoration and we lose sight of Christ is the bedrock. Christ is the cornerstone. Um, and so we, you know, raising our children, try to focus on Jesus Christ. Um, and his power and his influence in our lives. It's awesome. I love it. 
any any other turning points that you maybe want to touch on um, that we haven't talked about yet? Any turning points in your life that kind of sent you in a different direction and have made you who you are? Obviously, we've talked about a few already. When, you know, when we were married, um, like I said, took took a while for my wife to have visas approved and able to join us. And um, we really wanted to have kids, um, and it took a long time uh, before that was before we had that blessing. I guess before that became a possibility for us, and. I'd say, you know, the next thing chronologically is, was the birth of our kids. Um, I was happy before, um, but since we've had kids, it's like happiness is on tap whenever you want it. Um, just... Almost any time of the day, no matter what's going on, even if they're throwing tantrums, just I feel, you know, deep down in my soul that there's no place I'd rather be than right here, right now with my kids. You know, even when they're, like I said, throwing tantrums, making a mess. But, you know, just any given day of the week, bedtime, happiness on tap, reading a story, putting them <laughs> in bed, it's the greatest thing in the world. I, I truly love it. Perfect. That's awesome. Well, before we close, we do have one last question. Um, we ask everyone at the end, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ in your own words? I would have to have to go back to the scriptures for this. Jesus said, by this shall men know you're my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Could have said any number of things, but if you have love for one another. Um, and I think that that really is the most succinct way you could put it, that a follower of Christ loves his fellow human beings. He loves his family. He loves his neighbors. He loves those that he serves, he loves those around him. I fall short very often, but try very much to to live up to that, that commission, to have love for all of God's children. Perfect. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us. We're grateful to have you and your family in our Ward family. You know, it uh, wasn't a coincidence that you landed here. We're grateful to we have you. We are happy to be here. It's been a very special ward. We've only been here a few months, but we've been very touched and very welcomed by everybody. We're happy to be here. Perfect. We're excited to get to know you guys more. <laughs>